Y'all, happy January. I'm so excited for today's guest, Michelle Manis. She is amazing. She runs foreign missions that support women in leadership as they plant churches, as they lead churches over in whatever country they're in. Because we all know that it is women who typically drive the faith building. And so I am really excited for today's episode, and I know you will be too. Hey friend, welcome to Milk and Honey with Lemon. The Bible says in Numbers 14, 8, and if the Lord is pleased with us, he will bring us safely into that land and give it to us. It is a rich land flowing with milk and honey. On this podcast, we talk about stepping into that overflow that God has for us by becoming those ultimate Proverbs 31 women. Hey, I'm Lemon. I am just like you, sister friend. I knew God had something more in store for me, but I couldn't see a way out of the laundry piles. And frankly, I resented that Proverbs 31 woman. How was I gonna live up to the hype? That is until I found out how to really step into becoming this Proverbs 31 woman through leadership development. In this podcast, you're gonna find financial freedom, leadership growth, and motivation so you'll be able to do all the things God has called you to do with ease and really step into that land of milk and honey. Before I introduce you to my friend, Michelle, I want to encourage you, if you feel like there's something God is calling you to do and you're like, I need some community, I need some support, I need I need people around me as I step into this thing God has called me to do, then I would encourage you to come and join my community. Go to lemonprice.co slash community to join. Welcome back to the Milk and Honey Podcast. I'm your host, Lemon Price, and I'm so excited to have my friend, Michelle Manis here. Michelle serves as the Director of Women's Ministry at Reaching Souls International, and she's currently leading its efforts to begin supporting women around the world to reach their own people for Christ as national ministries. And this year, it's really cool. I don't even have a passport, but she's going to Africa five times and Cuba twice. Michelle believes that women are of great worth, uniquely created for life and for ministry. And she has led teaching teams around the world to train thousands of pastors, wives, and women church leaders in evangelism and discipleship. And Michelle, she's so cool. She is the mother of four grown children, the oldest of whom is waiting for her in heaven. And she is married to Dustin Manis, president and CEO of Reaching Souls for the last 30 years. So thank you for being here, Michelle. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. I am really excited because I love your heart and your mission to serve women because I have come from a background of women don't have a place in leadership and women don't have any inherent value outside of their home. And I love that you're doing the opposite here. Yeah. I know when you were mentioning about I've traveled here and I've traveled to Cuba and all of that. Um my story started a long time ago, back in 1990. And for me, uh, it took uh, women in Africa. It was the first place I went on a mission trip. <laughs> it took me getting to know my sisters in Africa and what they were doing under really difficult conditions, what they were doing in ministry there for me to feel and to know and to understand that I have a specific calling in my life for the Lord, for his work. And uh, that calling doesn't, isn't limited by what I thought at the time 
were my limits in my education, my background, my gender, all of those things. Yeah, Africa has been a really big part of me learning to grow in my own place, in my own uh, understanding of my calling. Yeah. I think that's right. How did you end up going to Africa? What led you to end up in ministry in the first place? Uh, so my desire for adventure <laughs> was what first started it. I just heard about these. I'd never been out of the country before. And I heard a man came and spoke about um, Africa and it just, I don't know, pricked my heart in so many different ways. I wanted to go. I wanted to see a different culture. I wanted to go on this to this wild place that none of my friends had ever heard about. I don't know. All of those things. I was about 18, I think, at the time when I first heard about it. Yeah, that was it. I just wanted to go somewhere different and explore it and see it. And I had no idea what I was walking into. None. I didn't know I was just about to walk into a, to a situation that was going to change the trajectory of my life forever. Yeah, that's how I got started. <laughs> that is so cool. So, okay, what were you going to do before it changed the trajectory of your life? I would love to know what pre-mission to Africa Michelle wanted to do. Yeah, I had a lot of... It- just like everybody does out of high school. I came from a family. We didn't have a lot of money. My parents were actually the first in their family to ever go to college. And so college was definitely something I was going to do. And I did. Um, But just the idea of trying to figure out what I was supposed to do with my life was very daunting. I came from a place of real insecurity. Um, I didn't believe I was smart enough, strong enough, all the things. I had them all. I had all the insecurities. And so I didn't have a lot of direction in my life at the time, except that I wanted to go to college, get married, have the normal stuff. I think that you think as a young girl, um, nothing deep. And, And I didn't even realize it so much at the time that I was missing depth. I was missing this real... I don't know, an understanding that I was created for purpose beyond just the surface. Um, and I felt all of that. There was angst, there was fear, there was all, there were all of the things. And when I, when the Lord opened up the door for me to go to Africa, I began to see things, not just from my little bubble of the world or my own uh, limited understanding of the world, Um, that's when God really was able to speak to my heart. And through the people that I met, through the things that I got to do when I was there, um, just to show me how big the world is and how he uses his children, he uses us to accomplish his will and his purpose. And I really had to work through all of those insecurities and lay all of those things down to the Lord for him to be able to come in and begin the work that he did begin at that time. And I'm now 54 years old and I'm still working on many of those things. (laughs) I think that's just our lifetime challenge for sure. Okay. I love this because... You're like, this is not what I was, what I intended to do. And then you have this life altering trip to Africa and now you're pouring into women. And I'm sure in your travels that you've run across something similar to what I experienced where I was told there was no place for me at all. Um, Actually, a church my husband and I, we belonged to a couple of years ago, told me that there was nothing that a congregation could learn from me because I was a woman. And 
there was never a place where women would have a place in leadership in a church. My husband was like, absolutely not. Like, we're not going to belong to a church that says my wife has no value other than being my wife. And so how has it been like working with women in different cultures and these different societal expectations and what sort of barriers you have to overcome with them? Yeah, that's, it is so interesting that even in a a nation like ours that is highly developed and supposedly evolved (laughs) in all of these things, women are still fighting those battles of feeling inferior, of feeling unusable. Um, And I think what it has taken for me is to go into places where that's happening a hundredfold. So women in many of these places that are economically compromised, corrupt, um, very misogynistic, patriarchal in their cultural tendencies. Uh, As you and I both know, and especially in light of events that have been taking place over the last couple of weeks, that anytime there is corruption, anytime there is that um, moral compromise in any system, uh, women and children are the targets always. Uh, they're the first targets because they are the most vulnerable in society. And visiting these places that are absolutely beautiful countries, beautiful people, beautiful cultures, but but women are not um, given the opportunities that were given here even. And they are seen as um, sort of an inferior gender in many of these places. And I think it took me being able to go into those environments and see women who were responding to that, sort of like Hannah did in the Old Testament, when here she is, her only value, her only worth is in having children and she's barren and she goes to the temple and she's crying out to the Lord because for her, that's her only worth. And she has no worth in her own eyes because she can't have children. And as she pours her heart out to the Lord, blesses her with a child, but also he blesses an entire nation through her, (laughs) an entire nation. Um, And when her son was born, he would go on to change that nation and change it and turn it back to the Lord. And I've been able to see women whose faith in oppressive situations and circumstances is so strong that they trust in the Lord's strength to use them and to purpose them for his will. And they're willing to walk through those very difficult things and allow him to bring an authority that only he can bring, if that makes sense. And I think that I know I'm talking in circles here, but I think it took that for me to understand that I can't anymore use what I feel to be um, oppression or this feeling of misogyny in my life to keep me from doing what God has called me to do. I've got to step out on the faith and do it. And I've got to go and find the people who are willing to listen, just like Jesus did when he went back to his own uh, people and they wouldn't listen to him and they wouldn't recognize him for who he is. He brushed the dirt off the feet and he walked away and he went somewhere else where they would. And I think that's important for us as women to understand that there is a place and that there are people who need to hear our voice. There is someone that needs to hear you speak. There is someone that needs to hear your story. There is someone that only you can see and only you can minister to. And 
that's how I came to understand that in my, um, my own weakened state, my own, through my own flaws and my own insecurities, that it was the strength of the Lord that was going to come through. And in that could change the lives of other people. And that's a powerful thing. That is a powerful thing. And just like you, you moved on and now you're in a position, look at what you're doing. <laughs> you're in a position to change thousands of lives um, as they hear you speak and hear you tell your story and share other stories. I hope I said a lot right there, but I hope that speaks to women to help them to understand that every single person has a specific calling on their life. If they are a follower of Christ and we're not limited by our own inhibitions, so or the inhibitions of others. Oh, I love this so much. And I think you touched on this a little bit too, like what happened with Hannah and how Hannah, her posterity blessed an entire nation. And so I talk to women all the time who they feel like, again, being a wife and a mother is the only thing that they're capable of. And not that those aren't high and holy callings, but I love what you said, that there's more sort of available and there's more that can come in and through you. So can you talk a little bit about why women specifically are so important to missionary work or evangelism or those sort of things. Yeah. And I'll probably share some stories because that's how I tend to be able to convey it best. But let me also just point back so much of um, the scripture that is used and weaponized against women comes from Timothy. And yet, if you look at Timothy's life, look who was praised for his upbringing, his mother, his grandmother. And yet... So much of the scripture written by Timothy is used and weaponized against women in a wrong way. And so let me just wipe that off the table first and foremost, because when we look at those scriptures, we have to look at those things in context of the whole word of God, not just take that scripture out and apply it. I know that's a whole hour's worth of discussion right there. But look at the influence. Look at the influence those women had in Timothy's life. That is, it. what an incredible young man, <laughs> a young man who was recognized at a very young age that he had a very special gift and a very special calling on his life. And that was implanted and implemented in his life by the women in his life. Women have a very special place in society. I believe that they hold the moral compass for most cultures. That's my belief. I think that I've stated this before, but... When you look at Iran and uh, you look at the underground churches that have been started there, they were started, 63% of those churches were started by women, the most vulnerable in the society because these women have a passion and a desire um, to share the love of Christ and they're willing to do and go through whatever they need to go through to do that. And so I think that speaks to the strength of women. They're coming from a vulnerable place. They understand the oppressive things that they have to overcome, the obstacles that they have to overcome, and they have a special strength to be able to do that. They also, because of that vulnerability, they see pe vulnerability. They see people that other people don't, that others don't. Um, vulnerable people see other vulnerable people. It's just who we are. And when I'm out doing street evangelism with my sisters all over the world, I just, one of the things I notice is that they, they don't pass the people that other people might pass. And we're with a whole group. You've got men, women, children. 
It's the women that notice those that are sitting in the dark places. It's the women that notice the people on the fringe, on the outside. It's the women who aren't afraid to go into those dark places and to speak to those people. And I don't know exactly what that is. I just know it exists. And there's that nurturing part of women too, that comes out that caretaking part, I think. And I share this story often. We were, I was out with someone when one day and uh, I was out with my friend Lillian who lives in Kenya. And I remember as we were walking through this marketplace in a neighborhood um, and there was a bar and she decided that we were going to go into this bar there were, this was the middle of the day, but there were a lot of people drunk. So as we walked in, you hear the yells and the whistles and you know, the mocking and things like that. And she immediately began walking over to three young ladies who were being trafficked in that bar. And she sat down and she began to speak to them. And she didn't, it's almost like she didn't hear all of the yelling and the horrible things that were being said around her, she immediately focused into these three young ladies and began sharing her own story. And through that process, these young ladies came to know Jesus Christ. And two of them walked away from that place that day and were able to walk into the arms of a church that was going to care for them and watch over them. Women who were going to care for them and watch over them. And that is something I truly believe that a man would not be able to do. <laughs> it's a, God can use anyone, but I think that's a special circumstance where those women have an innate distrust of men. And so as soon as a man comes to talk to them uh, in their mind, that man wants one thing from them, but a woman who is taking her time, especially a woman coming from church, a Christian woman who's coming in to sit down and sit knee to knee with them and let them share their stories. That's just, there's, I don't know. That's just a, it's a special thing that women hold. And I've seen that over and over again. Women make um, at least 50% of the population. Um, in churches, they make up anywhere from 60 to 80% of the population. Who are we missing out on when we are not empowering those women to go and speak the truth? to go and do the ministry that God has called them to do 60 to 80% of the population. Is that what we're missing out on when we don't empower these women? So, yeah. Wow. That is, that's such a powerful story that you just shared. What a beautiful story. I was going to ask you about the impact that you've seen since launching Women National Ministries, but I mean, that one, I feel like really takes eight. And so what is your ultimate goal by empowering these women to go and just Claim territory for Craig. What is what's the goal for you? I think there's a couple of different goals here. One, to reach people for Christ. We have a world that is just dying. <laughs> They're dying without knowing Jesus Christ. And these women have the answers. And not only that, they have the gifting. They have the gifting to go and the knowledge to go and to share Christ with others. Uh, for my part, I don't know the language. I don't know the culture well. I am not a trusted person in their environments and in their, their villages and towns, but they are. And so the best thing I can do is enable them to go and do what God has called them to do. That's the best thing I can do. Give them the support. Um, 
and the resources they need to go and do what God has called them to do because they live in places where those resources are in uh, short supply, right? So one, help them, empower them, give them the resources they need to go and be and do what God has called them to go and be and do. And the second thing is for themselves to so many come from such hard hard, difficult situation where they've been left to raise children on their own. I know women who are in um, marriage with a man who has multiple wives. And I know modern day Hannah's who are using their own stories to go out and to share those that vulnerability and that hard thing with other people so that they can know and understand that Jesus is the source of their joy and their strength. Um, so my goal is to take women who feel like they have nothing to contribute and help them to understand that they have the most to contribute because their life is a life reflective of the dependency on Christ and that need. Um, and I've shared this many times before, but when top Paul talks about in second Corinthians four about us being clay pots and that the tr true treasure is within, um, I just truly believe that those who have been broken the most have the most treasure to reveal because that treasure comes through all of those cracks and all of those holes and all of those things that have been placed in their life. And man, the beauty of Christ can just shine. And so, yeah, so that would be my second goal to share that, to say you have everything you need to a, a positive, um, to play a positive role in sharing Christ with others. And I am seeing firsthand, this is the fun part of my job. I get to see firsthand the results of that. <laughs> when they go out, I'm telling you, thousands of people are coming to know Christ. Thousands. And that's, I'm not even, I'm not even pumping up that number. That's not an exaggeration of me just, I am, we're seeing thousands of people come to Christ through these women. These women that society would say have nothing to contribute to society. It's just amazing. It really is. And so I hope that everyone that is listening takes that and says, okay, <laughs> I have so much to work with. You know, and here are people who have nothing to work with. I have so much to work. Man, claim it. Go, go do it. Work in the power that God has put in you. So, yeah. Anyway, but those, yes, those are my two goals. <laughs> I love that. So if somebody was listening and she was like, Michelle, I feel like I'm supposed to do ministry, but I have little kids at home or I've got whatever external circumstances at home, like how can you be involved in ministry? What does that look like? Yeah. Minister where you are. Yeah. So in, it, to your children, obviously, and most mothers are doing that, but um, I tell you, it's, it's been fun is I have learned that I walk with the spirit of the living God inside of me. So it doesn't matter where I'm at. That spirit is in me. <laughs> and if we can just, if we can, if all of these, whether you're a widow, whether you're an elderly person, whether you're mama with young children, you have a job requires a majority of your time. Remember that. Remember that the spirit of the living God is within you. And so you don't need to be in church to minister. You don't need to be behind a pulpit to minister. You just need to be where you are. And I can't tell you the number of conversations I've had with the person checking me out at Target or at Walmart. 
And God just uh, just uh, put in my spirit to ask them a specific question, or maybe I just ask, "Hey, how can I pray for you today?" What would get? I don't know you, but I know the Lord. How can I pray for you today? So just use every opportunity, and I'm telling you, He will open doors, and that's what our women overseas are doing as well. Most of their evangelism comes through everyday stuff. A woman I know. I'm ta- I'm sorry. I get off on these stories, but. A woman I know in Mexico who is 70 years old and she has a little ice cream cart. This is how she makes income for herself. Her children are grown. She has grandchildren. Um, She takes her little ice cream cart and she's out on the corner selling her ice cream and hundreds of people in her little community come and see her every day to buy ice cream. And do you know what she does every time someone comes to her cart? She shares Jesus with them. 70 years old on a street corner in a barrio in Mexico City. And she's sharing Jesus with everyone that comes to her cart. You can't tell me that God cannot use you where you are. He can. You have influence. You do. Moms groups, play dates, (laughs) school friends and their parents. Everyone has influence where they are. So, yeah. Michelle, I love that advice. I tell people all the time, just wherever you are, God's put you there for a reason. Michelle, first of all, thank you for being here. Where can everybody go to connect with you, support the work that you're doing? Where can they go find out more? So go to reachingsouls.org. And it's an encouraging site to go on because we have some of our women's stories on there. We even have a video of our women in Zambia and the things that they're doing. Um, Man, it's encouraging and inspiring for me. So yeah, reachingsouls.org, go there. And if you want to get involved or hear more about what we're doing, uh, there are places to do that on there. There are ways to contact us through that website. So yeah. Perfect. Thank you so much for being here, Michelle. This was really insightful for me. And I know that women here are going to love this. So just thank you for being here, friend. Lemon, thank you for having me. I always look forward to opportunity to share stories. Sister friend, tell me you did not love learning from Michelle and the things she's walked through and what she's doing. It's just, it's so encouraging for me. And so go connect with Michelle if you haven't already. Please go do that. And then, like I said, if you're like, I know God's calling me to do something. He's asking me to step outside of my comfort zone. Then come and hang out with me in my community where you will find a ton of support and encouragement. So that is lemonprice.co slash community and I will see you there. Hey friend, what a joy it has been to share today's journey with you. If you found a spark of inspiration or a nugget of wisdom that resonated, would you bless someone else by sharing this episode with them? It could be the encouragement they need to step into their purpose and calling. Also, if you could spare a moment to leave a review, it would mean the world to me. I really appreciate your feedback and it really helps our community grow. Remember, the road to discovering God's call for you isn't one you have to walk alone. So join me again next Monday for another episode where we'll continue to explore the depths of leadership and the heights of our heavenly calling. Until then, keep seeking, keep growing, and keep trusting in His plan. God bless you, and I'll catch you on the flip side. Bye, friend.